Hello and welcome to the download. I'm your host, Dave Richardson, and it's Tuesdays. So it means Stu Kedwell is with us, uh, co-head of North American Equities at RBC Global Asset Management, and quite frankly, our most popular guest on the podcast. It's uh, as, 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 as always, uh, we, we, we tape these podcasts. We actually have a visual connection, even though we, we just play the, uh, the audio to you. Uh, mostly because of me, because Stu's hair continues to look fantastic through the uh, the pandemic, despite it growing out more than I've ever seen it. Thanks very much, Dave. But but speaking of growing out, so here we'll segue. This is how you make the connection as a podcast host. The other thing that was growing out last week and causing lots of concerns were yields. So the U.S. 10-year Treasury climbs up from below 1% to start the year. Clips up above one and a half percent. I think goes almost all the way to one point six for for a very brief moment, uh, but then settles down. And all the oh the, the 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 stock market's looking at what's going on in the bond market. Yields going higher, bonds going lower, and you see some some volatility pull into to equity markets. If if you're an investor sitting watching this, what do you make of it? Well, it, it's it's a great question, and a lot of people in the uh, in the investing world will look at, at technical action in the short term, and they have these levels in mind. And um, you know, we've talked about one and a half as being you know the level on the bond that would really just get it back to the pre-pandemic levels. So you would have these large pools of capital globally that might set uh, stop losses at one one fifty or something like that, and. And uh, when the market gets near these very important levels, it's almost like they can sniff them out. So, um, you know, I think it was Thursday afternoon watching the action as we, you know, that the almost like it was a bit of a sporting event. You watch the, uh, you know, the ten-year yield hit 150, and and a whole bunch of stops were immediately triggered. And I think we hit, you know, 166 within about 20 minutes, but then finished the day back under 150. And it's, uh, you know, it's kind of the market's way of uh, of a bit of a of a of a cleaning of the cupboard, so to speak, right? Uh, you know, all the people that were very focused on that level. And I think in our minds, you know, 150, you know, was a was an important level because it, you know, that's like the bond market recognizing that you know things are improving, which uh, you know we're positioned for in the equity market. But at the same time, uh, you know, it's not a level that really interferes with uh, the intermediate term story. In, in equity markets, and if anything, as I say, that confirmation uh, from the bond market was uh, was uh, was interesting. On Friday, uh, then you know that move in the yield curve uh, still still seen or in the ten year bond still seemed to throw people for a bit of a loop. It is interesting, you know, in the first two months of the year, after a very strong month of equity returns, the final Friday of each month uh, was a down day, and I think it is a little bit of rebalancing. As people, you would naturally, uh, you know, sell some of the strong performing of the equity market, and then, you know, put that money to work in fixed income. You know, again, for those who are technicians, interestingly, both days the S and P 500 touched the 50-day moving average and then bounced quite significantly on the on the following Monday. And, um, you know, the tenor of of how things bounced uh, is still pretty consistent with a broadening stock market. Uh, improvement in companies that stand to benefit from the reopening. Uh, you know, last week uh, in Canada, we saw, you know, things like some of the retail uh, real estate investment trusts uh, that have been maybe hit by some concerns over occupancy and how rent would change. You know, they were quite strong. And, you know, we 
we did spend some time buying those stocks in the last uh, six months. So, you know, that was a welcome improvement, but you had a good balance sheet. You have, you know, pretty good balance sheet. Some of them uh, changed their dividend policies, but you know, we think that that'll rebound over time. But, you know, as people start to think about, well, what's next, what does it look like once we reopen, even if it takes a bit longer than we thought, you know, that's really been the focus of markets. And we've talked about it in financial stocks. We've talked about it in some of the commodity stocks, but the market continues to look for things where there'll be improvement uh, following uh, reopening. And that was really the message that was confirmed by the bond market. And, and, and so, Stu, we, we, last week we were, we were talking about bank and, and bank earnings, and, and you, you just mentioned uh, dividends and, and, and payouts uh, from, from different types of firms, Canada and the, and the U.S. Uh, you, you get to a 1.5% yield on, on the 10-year Treasury. Uh, d- does that become problematic? Or, or change the attractiveness of some of these dividend-paying stocks in, in the near term? Or, or are we still at one and a half, just, just so low? Not, not really, not really, and I'll tell you, not really, and I'll tell you why. You know, the, the market as a whole still yields more than the 10-year bond. And as the economy recovers, those dividend streams will grow. So, you know, there still is relative attractiveness from dividends and dividend growth. And in many cases, some of the higher dividend yielding stocks still have quite attractive spreads to the underlying 10-year bond. So, you know, that's something that, you know, we definitely keep on the horizon. But I would, you know, we've talked about this as well, but relative to history, like, you know, people talk about the tech bubble. Well, in the tech bubble, the U.S. Treasury bond yielded 5 or 6%. So, you know, there was a very attractive and very legitimate alternative. You know, today we have, you know, headline valuations that are still lower than, you know, prior excess. There's pockets that have those valuations, and we don't really have very much exposure to them. But in general, we don't think, uh, you know, a 10-year bond until it was, you know, really probably higher than 2% would, uh, you know, would kind of upset the, uh, you know, the equity market. And even if we got there, it's likely indicative that the earnings power of the stock market is higher. So, you know, we'd have to evaluate that uh, when the time comes. Very, very interesting. And, and, uh, and, and I hope everyone listening uh, j- just caught that around the thinking of, of positioning your portfolio uh, with that the, the rates, which which are, are likely to continue to go higher over the over the long term. We're not going to. You could see some back and forth in in the near term, uh, but but putting it in historical perspective, but then also thinking about how you want to position your portfolio right now, uh, which is and 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 as you say, you don't have a lot of exposure to these kind of crazy growth names that are just you know, at, at nosebleed valuations. And you, you started to see some of those, those, those stocks have a hard time as, as rates move. You know, so when we look at some of these really uh, high valuation stocks, many of them are, appear to be very good companies. And, you know, we look at like, what would be required to make that stock successful in the next 10 years? And it would take unbelievable growth from the company. And if your portfolio is filled with 10 or 15 of these, you know, the odds of each one of them delivering on those expectations is not too high. So it is a, an area where you have to be extremely selective. And that's how we go about it in our portfolios. Uh, you know, should we be entertaining a very high multiple stock? We want to have a very good understanding of how the company will deliver on the expectations required to make it a successful investment going into the future. That's right. So when you're, uh, and, and you always remember that when, you're, when your hair grows out a lot because you're locked down during the pandemic, that first haircut back to normal takes a lot off. 
<laughs> got to keep that in mind. So, Stu, that's why you're the most popular guest right there. Great, great stuff. Great analysis. And uh, thank you. We'll, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Dave. Take care.